You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 477. Who Stole the Legion? Welcome to episode 477 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I am Paul French, and today I am opportunistic letter writing lad. We, uh, we, okay. we yeah. As as the kids were uh, were having we're having bath time tonight, uh, Ella mentioned that the something that has already been procured was what she wanted to ask for, and so well, Jan, that's convenient. Yes, so Jan came down and said, "Let's get them to write their letters tonight." <laughs> And so we did. And uh, so Ella wrote hers and uh, and then um, Sarah gave I, I took dictation for Sarah's uh, stream of consciousness rambling about how Santa, how are you doing in the North Pole? Uh, thank you so much for bringing toys to everybody. How do you get here so fast? And <laughs> I like that she asked that. I like that the, 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 there was the curiosity to say, wow, if that's so far away, like, how does he get here so quickly? <laughs> What was and, it that she asked for that you had already gotten? Uh, it's a it's a boogie board. It's like um, okay, yeah, it's like an, a little electronic thing that uh, basically um, uh, sort of like an e paper, like a sort of a drawing pad kind of thing. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty neat. I, a friend of ours uh, got one for her daughter uh, at, at a birthday party recently, and Jan saw these things and was like, "Oh, I gotta get those." And so. Um, so yeah, we were we we were kind of ahead of the game on that, and when she asked for that, it was just like, wow, that's so much easier than having to find a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so yes, opportunistic writing of the letters, and when I pick them up from school tomorrow, we're going to go and mail them because we do so by the fourteenth. They get a letter back, and uh, and I know that for the next uh, for the next couple of weeks, they are going to be watching that mailbox every day. Uh, <laughs> that's cool. Over to you, sir. I am Travis Elsor, and I am pet photos with Santa Lad. Uh, today, I took my dog to the pet store to get her picture with Santa Claus. It nice. was a charity thing. They're raising money for the local animal shelters. Oh, fantastic! And uh, we saw goats and snakes and lizards and guinea pigs and cats and everything <laughs> getting on Santa's lap. And he was Only quite the trooper. <laughs> the typical Alabama pets? Uh, it's, I guess so. I think that's, we, I mean, they had them coming in like from all over the county, I guess, because yeah, I don't yeah. think those were within city limits, but especially the goats. But who knows? I don't know. <laughs> that's awesome. Over to you, sir. All right, I am Michael Grabois, and today I am Fun Size Lad because I have in front of me a bowl of Fun Size Snickers left over from Halloween. I am jealous. Um, it is the 50% off Halloween candy sale, which ah, yes. is the best kind, yeah. uh, unless it's the 75% off. But I didn't get there in time for that. Well, it's it's all a matter of of, of you know how quickly they can get everything out uh, on Halloween to get the Christmas decorations out. And uh, let me tell you, fun size candy bar is a misnomer because there is nothing fun about an itty bitty tiny sliver of a Snickers <laughs> bar. A fun size Snicker bar is like. 10 times normal size that would be fun yeah it does it does because the little one it does not satisfy 
No. Uh, it's already off-brand. Madness. Madness, yes. Fun size is the larger um, chocolate bar. I'm sure there's a T-shirt in that somewhere. Uh, yes, and the, uh, <laughs> the downside of 50% off Halloween candy means that uh, I usually end up with enough to last me the whole year. And there was a bag of Tootsie Rolls that I found from last year. Uh, last year's 50% off sale, and that was the first stuff to go um, for this year's Halloween. I, I, I don't think Tootsie Rolls go bad. I think, uh, I think they're up there with Twinkies. In the, uh, I think Tootsie yeah. Rolls are going to survive the nuclear holocaust. <laughs> indeed, <laughs> indeed. Twinkies, cockroaches, Keith Richards, and Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> what a world. We got a four ain't bad. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh, man. All right. So let's, uh, let's talk Legion news. Um, ish. Yeah, possible. Legion speculation. Thank you. Thank you. That's it exactly. It's, it's speculation time. All right. So uh, this week they had the um, Crisis on Earth X um, uh, crossover. So this was uh, the the an- annual crossover that they have uh, on the uh, uh, Arrowverse uh, shows. So in this case, Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. Um, <clears throat> so... Uh, we saw all kinds of neat stuff. We saw we we actually got to see the Ray on TV, and um, but in in more Legion related stuff, we did see uh, someone who people are speculating could be excess. Uh, basically, it was a waitress uh, who approached Barry, offering him sparkling water, and um, and seemed very kind of excited to be at the wedding, excited by weddings. And she said, "I'm really excited to be here at a wedding. I mean, any wedding. It it just happens to be your wedding." And he's looking at her like, "Have we met?" And she's, "No, no, no. I'm a complete and total stranger. Good luck up there. Just remember to say I do." And, th- and Wait, then I'll see when goes. someone when someone tells you they're a complete and total stranger. And don't pay any attention to me. Um, pay attention. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Now, now, so lots of people speculating: is is this Don Allen or is this Jenny? Um, now, there's you know, I, I think a lot of people get kind of hung up on on the continuity. It's like like I remember see, I, I I know you were in on part of that con- that thread as well, Michael, where 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 they were saying, hey, you know, oh, but it's uh, but they went to Earth two forty seven. It's like let's not get too deep into that stuff. <laughs> well, I, the 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 thing about that is, let's suppose for the sake of argument that this is Jenny, yeah, uh, who appeared at the. Um, at the wedding and everyone's saying, well, if she's here, then that means that she's probably a legionnaire now or in the future. But don't forget that Supergirl is on earth 38. Mm-hmm. And that suggests that until we hear otherwise, the legion that's going to appear on the Supergirl show is also earth. Absolutely. 38. Yeah. And so why would, uh, a legionnaire who is the daughter or granddaughter of Barry Allen from Earth One, why would she be with the Earth 38 Legion? Yeah. And, and and that's and that's the interesting thing because of course she was introduced on the Supergirl episode of the crossover. 
However, the point at which she was introduced, they were on Earth One. Right. And I don't think the fact that she was introduced on the Supergirl episode really has anything to do with it because the four episodes were really one giant long episode. They didn't even have more than ever. More than ever. Yeah. They didn't have the opening credits for each one. Yeah. It was, um, they were not, um, kind of like, here's a justice league comic and then a Legion comic and then a Superman comic. It was all one giant thing. So the fact that she was there on the Supergirl episode, I think is just due to the fact that it was the first episode of the four parts. Yeah. And they needed to have her there because the wedding kicks off. The wedding kicks off the whole thing. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And, and I mean, I think that the, I think you're right. I think that there was a, um, more of, more of a fluidity now. Uh, you know, whereas whereas other episodes now, there was one big thing that happened to another character. Um, and though we've kind of sp- spoiled this part of it, it's in the first part. It's like in the first 20 minutes. Um, the, you know, the, the um, it, it used to be that they would have sort of the, here's the crossover part. And now here's the part that is for our regular show. But I think I, I, I almost guarantee that they'll either do a, like a separate DVD for this episode, for this uh, crossover, or every episode will be on all of the, uh, the, this season. The uh, season sets, yeah. 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 And I think I that's the way they've been too. doing it. I, you know, I think that is the way they've been doing it is making sure that like, like when you get the, um, you know, even like the first couple of years of flash, when you get that box set, it actually has the arrow episode of the crossover as well. Um, so yeah, so, so they, uh, they, they ran that whole thing. So there's been a lot of discussion about it and I think people kind of twist themselves around in the, but the continuity says this. So, so it could be this, it could be that. And it's like, I don't think they're going to go that route. You, you know, I think they're going to keep it, you know, they're going to, you know, they're going to, they, they really kind of go Occam's razor on a lot of these things. And, um, <laughs> and the fact that they cast a name actress, you know, she's not super well known, but she's got a lot of credits. Um, and she was, uh, you know, she's been in, um, part of the main cast of Black Sails. Uh, the actress name is Jessica Parker Kennedy. Oh, okay. I, was, I wasn't familiar with her. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, she was born in Calgary. Oh, there you go. And Wikipedia said she is of Italian, Russian, and African descent. And I don't think the fact that she is of mixed race is an accident here. It, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I, I think it, I, it seems almost certain that it is, if if not the daughter of, maybe the granddaughter of, um, I, right? I I think you're right. I think that there that 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 this 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 is not a throwaway bit, right? It's not an Easter egg that that's like, oh, wasn't that neat? Remember we did that thing? No, it, it, this is something that that will be followed up on. I'm sure. Yeah, and uh, CBR had an article out this weekend um, speculating on the possibility that she could be one of two other people. Uh, both of them named Iris West. Uh, one of them is the daughter of Wally West, um, in, um, in the kingdom come timeline. And the other is Iris West 
who was uh, the daughter of uh, Wally and Linda in uh, the Flash series, along with her twin brother, Jay. Right. And with uh, the TV, uh, Wally being black, um, this is a um, potential um, for her to be related to him and not necessarily Barry and Iris. Yeah. Just as a possibility. And and I get that. But again, then, then it's like, why make the big deal? Of, you know, I'm, I'm saying, like, why would they make such a big deal um, about going to, to Barry's right. wedding? Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, like, it seems that there's got to be some sort of um, of, of connection there. Yeah, my um, my first thought actually was that it was Dawn that this was his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't even occur to me till later, till I read people saying it online, that, oh yeah, this is probably Jenny. Um, but we will, it, it remains to be seen uh, which version and what Earth and where she fits in with Legion continuity and all sorts of fun stuff. Absolutely. And and that's the thing, is that they're, they, you know, I th- now I I seem to recall seeing something, and I, and I'm I'm actually trying to find it, um, but I, and I, and I can't, so I'm I'm gonna kind of move on with it. But uh, I thought I had seen something that mentioned that that yeah that that girl will be back, and uh, and I wasn't sure if it was one of the recaps or or what, um, but yeah so so yeah no I I I got nothing I got nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, bu- 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 um, no, that's which site, which set was recycled for the big wedding. Um, uh, so while you're looking that up, uh, something I wanted to bring up yeah. about the Supergirl show. Um, so right now we have seen, um, Saturn girl who is apparently married to mon uh, there was another article that came out this week that was sourced from Reddit, which said that if you look at the actress's Instagram accounts, she says something like everything is not as it seems or it uh, there's more to be revealed. So the people who are so upset about uh, Kara and Monel not being soulmates or not being married, um, you know, oh my God, they're going to have to actually watch the show to find out what happens. What? (laughs) So uh, one thing I commented on last week's um, Facebook notes, for those of you who might have seen it, um, the controversy over seeing Saturn Girl appear and saying she was uh, married to Mon-El, I noted that uh, the TV version of Mon-El is a prince of Daxam yes, whose yes. father is named his father is named Largand, not him. His powers are not as strong as Kryptonians. Uh, he left Daxam as it was being destroyed when Krypton blew up. He was found by Supergirl, who is not Superboy, who was Superman as a boy. That's right. Yeah. Uh, he became Supergirl's boyfriend and lover. Uh, he was sent directly to the future. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Do not stop in the Phantom Zone for a thousand years. <laughs> he was cured of his lead poisoning by an, a Luther Corp serum invented 400 years from now and not by a Brainiac 5 invention. 
and he married Saturn Girl after spending seven years in the 31st century, and nobody says anything, but Saturn Girl is on the show with dark hair, and that breaks the internet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't couldn't agree more. Oh man, yeah. I mean, con- continuity is uh, is is a dodgy thing at best. Um, so just um, okay. So they, there has been some. I'm just trying to. I, I did find the thing. Um, oh, that's they they linked to. Uh, so uh, TV Line also uh, also talked about the whole thing. Um, um, running the picture and uh, and saying um, uh, Barry was wished well by a conspicuously and sweetly fawning cater waitress played by Secret Circles uh, Jessica Parker. Oh, I, f- I forget. Yeah, okay, I remember her now. Um, and who men- uh, and who many speculate to be, and it uh, it links to a, a, a Don Allen thing. Um, but yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. I, I thought I saw something where they where. And and I I don't know that I did see it. I don't know that there were any recaps from any of the producers of the show because they had other stuff to be to be worried about this past week, and uh, so there weren't uh, the usual kind of interviews with uh, with one of the producers saying, yeah, well, this is what we were going for with this, and this is what we were going for with that. Um, they kind of left that out. Um, so yeah, um, so so. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but but it, it did definitely um, raise some eyebrows, so we'll we'll have to see where that ends up happening. Yeah, I've been looking up at this time just to see if there's any hint of her coming back, and there's nothing really confirmed. No mention yet, exactly, and. Um... And uh, and they play it smart with the uh, you know it used to be you could uh, you you could tell if someone was coming back on a show because it, the 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 uh, the IMDb bit would still would uh, would already be in but they're they're much smarter with that these days. Oh yeah, they don't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> so remains to be seen. Watch this space, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, <clears throat> So by the way, where is, before we get started, yeah. where is uh, where is Darren this week? Ah, uh, he's off in deep space. Um, uh. Yes, he's gone to another dimension, um, uh, <laughs> the Marvel dimension, pretty much. Um, the happiest place on earth. The happiest place on earth, exactly, exactly. So, ah, that dimension. So he is Disneying, and um, and so uh, so yes, he is in a in a galaxy far, far away. Um, not a long, long time ago, but right now, in fact. Um, so right now he's on an Imperial Guard podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very good. Very nice. Nicely done. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, those, these, those are stories about Gladiator as a boy. <laughs> All right. Um, so... Um, so we're going to talk a bit about uh, Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, something we're not going to be able to say for mu- very much longer, I might add. Um, uh, 257, and uh, which is the penultimate uh, issue of, of that particular book. And um, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, 
you know, we're we're kind of uh, what a, a, just over a dozen ish or almost a dozen issues into into Conway's run because he came in just after uh, just after Earth War, or really just at the end of Earth War, and um, so let's talk about a bit about his 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 run on that because his uh, his legacy on the title is spotty and not entirely his fault perhaps. No, there was um, the article that uh, or the interview that. Uh, appears with him in the Legion Companion. Yeah, talks about his writing style, which you guys covered a couple weeks ago. It was kind of like uh, I'll do things on the fly and I'll throw things out there to write myself into a corner, and then I'll come pick them up later so that I can challenge myself into uh, coming up with some uh, some ideas. And in fact, uh, one of the ideas that he throws out in this issue, uh, we will see in. Um, uh, later this year, mm-hmm. or uh, or uh, let's see, in about eight issues from now. Um, so there's uh, um, plot threads that he puts in there that he comes back to later. Um, but yeah, when you look at his entire run of um, uh, of stories in here, um, in retrospect, at the time. I was reading the Legion. I think I had a, a male subscription. Yeah. And so it was my favorite book. Uh, and I was looking forward to them all, but it's only on rereading them that, you know, they don't really hold up that well. Um, I realized this was the, um, you know, solid bronze age. It was the late seventies, early eighties. Um, but looking at the issues that are in there um, and, some of the stuff coming up that we're going to get to uh, next year. Mm-hmm. Um, not all of this is Conway's fault. You can't lay it all at his feet, um, especially when you get into some of the uh, J.M. DeMattis issues, mm. um, the, the, the Ditko stories that he uh-huh. mostly did with DeMattis. Um, you've got stuff coming up like Lord Romdur's Castle, and Dr. Mayavale and the Space Circus of Death. <laughs> and, you know, so they're different writers, different creative teams. And the it, it didn't occur to me till kind of recently. The only thing that all these things have in common is actually the editor, who is Jack C. Harris. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, he's probably not listening um, <laughs> to this podcast. But if you are, Jack, uh, I'm sorry. Um, but I don't like your run on the Legion. Well, there comes the hate mail. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> and, yeah, and I, I don't I, know from whom. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people who, um, this is when they started reading the Legion. Uh, you know, the late 70s, early 80s, we've got uh, a huge um, number of people in the group and, and in various Legion groups who are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, who this was kind of their first exposure to the Legion. Mm-hmm. And so they, they look back fondly on it, and, you know, this is my Legion, the Legion of the Space Circus of Death, and the Legion of where does Tyrock go, and the Legion of the Dark Man, and and the Reflecto Saga, Saga, Saga. Yes. Um, <laughs> You know, that's that's the stuff that 
that they grew up with, and I'm not taking it away from them. Um, I don't like the Giffen Beerbaum Volume 4 stuff, but while I am uh, one of many, I am also uh, one of the people who are greatly opposed because some people said, no, this is the Legion that I started reading with, and this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, and I can't believe that you guys don't like it because it was so great. And so that's kind of what makes fandom. But as long as uh, I'm here and I have the soapbox, I'll just <laughs> put it out there that this is not my favorite era of the Legion. Yeah. And um, if anybody wants to provide uh, counterexamples of why they think this is the great, uh, the greatest, then have at it. Uh, I will disagree with you, but I won't deny you your right to have your wrong opinions. <laughs> well, you know, there, there is, um, yeah, I, I think there's, there's definitely some, I, I, well, I, I'll, I'll put it this way. I, I stopped reading the Legion for a while, um, right, right around this time. And I uh, just I just wasn't enjoying it, and I I ended up picking up the odd issue here and there, and so I came in part way. You know, at one point I bought like I bought four seventy two for the block story, um, and then um, I didn't really pick up again until the annual when Levitz came back. Oh wow! Yeah, and so I I skipped a lot of that stuff as it was coming out. Now I. Later, um, you know, I obviously later filled in that run, but I'll be honest with you, the, you know, I read most of those issues uh, at that point when I when I kind of got back into the book. Um, well, you know, like I started reading with the with the annual, and I read for another couple of years, and then I just stopped reading comics altogether for for four or five years, and so I I think I I picked it. I, then I finally picked up the book again with uh, volume four, number three. And uh, and I then I filled in my entire collection, um, and so I read all of those books then, like uh, you know all of the sort of the the two fifties through uh, through uh, the the two eighties, and um, I don't know that I've read many of them again since. You know, this is uh, this is, a lot of this stuff is feeling real new to me. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, I read I, this. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I read all these in uh, back issues, um, yeah. and uh, I got to say it's it's not my least favorite run on the Legion, but probably the second least favorite. I think there are some good moments, some a few good issues. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the one we did uh, with the League of Super Assassins and where the subs yeah. took them out, led by Brainiac Five. I really like that yeah. issue. Yeah, I thought that was well done, a good use of the characters. Um, but yeah, I think. Conway and Jaxie Harris, they just weren't gelling well on this series. Uh, I don't know. I've seen some really good stuff from Conway, so I'm not going to put all the blame oh, on him. Oh, no, 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 no. There's, it, it's, it's certainly not faulting him as a writer. I mean, I was actually trying to find something because there was, um, I think it was, a, I think it was in Interlac. Um, Mark Wade did like a, 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 a it was, a, I suspect given out as a uh as a cassette at the time um of uh of of a tirade he went on about jerry conway 
and uh, on the Legion. And, um, and, and, you know, he has since sort of uh, demurred a bit about it. Uh, but um, the... Sorry, I kind of derailed myself there. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I've I've completely lost my thread. <laughs> I've completely lost my thread because I was looking. I was trying to find this thing because it was, uh, it, you know, it was a, a an amusing thing um, that you know with uh, with Wade talking about this. But but oh, okay, now that's where I was going with it. Um, yeah, I mean Conway's done some great stuff, no doubt about it. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a huge fan of uh, of Firestorm. Uh, which uh, he wasn't writing at this stage, uh, but he was he was working on Justice League at, at this point as well. Yeah, and that was the big book for him, right? And um, so he wrote I, Batman Forever. I mean, he I wrote. Think, he wrote I think this is right after he left Spider Man, right? Oh, uh, I have to go look that up. He might have he might have left Spider Man a few years before, um, because I think he had been on. Um, on, on Justice League for, for a while at this stage and um, and would continue on it for, for quite some time. And, and you know, he, he's, he's definitely done some great work. Not as much of it is, is in this, though, as, as uh, along with you, I, I really dug that um, uh, Super Assassin's uh, two-parter. And there's a, there's a, there, there are nuggets here and there, but o- overall as a run, it's not something you see a lot of reference to. Yeah, it's kind of a mess. Yeah, it's like it's not stuff that it was like, oh, we need to we need to come back to this thing that Conway did. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, and and even he sought to uh, to you know reposition some of his stuff, you know, in in uh, in you know reframing uh, Block's origin, and uh, so so you know, like that 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 to me is a messy thing where it's like, wow, that was literally a year ago, and already we've completely retconned it. Um, yeah. At a time that that wasn't the thing, you know. Now, I mean, eh, it's two months ago, retcon. Um, right. But uh, but that was a, that was much less common then. Um. Yeah, it, it it's not the it's definitely not the strongest run. Um. I don't know. My least favorite. I don't know. Um. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps because I, as I say, it's but but that part of that is is I didn't feel compelled to read it again, and so I haven't. Maybe, yeah. and I don't know that seeing it through eyes now is going to necessarily be the thing that's like, <laughs> yeah, that's the that stuff's the bomb. <laughs> no, but 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 don't forget, I mean, these issues uh, came out in um, late seventies. Yeah. Uh, let's see, which one was this one? Uh, when did this one come out? This would have been July, July of 79, yeah. Okay, so, you know, think about what the 70s were like. Oh, wait, you guys weren't there. I um, was. <laughs> I was. Uh, I was live for part of it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, what comics were like in the late 70s versus what we're used to now, it's a different medium. Oh, it's absolutely. It's a different style of writing. And, I mean, it's like you go back and read the Silver Age stuff, and it seems so quaint and childish compared to today's stuff. Yeah, but you know, again, but there's there's always a certain charm to it, right? Uh, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, I yet I just don't feel that the majority of these issues hold up well. While there are some good stories, um, which we'll get to over the next uh, 
number of weeks until we finally catch up with the beginning of the Levitt's era. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, it's not long. It's not long. I mean, uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, it, it's, you know, it's interesting. I think that there was a real, a real tumultuous time sort of, um, in, in this stretch of, of the Legion's history. And, and then, you know, to, to land on such solid footing when, when Levitz came on to, to where it became one of DC's best-selling books. And, and, you know, there was so much attention given to it. And, and he was kind of, you know, you know, he, he, he really kind of set in that, that like, Hey, this is a book that is ever changing. And that was the, that was perhaps the best part of it is, you know, the team that you saw in uh, the first issue of his run uh, was not, the, was, was, so different from the team that you saw at the end right. of his run. And that was unusual. <laughs> that was an unusual thing, thing to, uh, to do in comics at the time. But. So uh, just for the record, um, looking up the index of the substitute podcasters, uh, issue 283 was the first issue of volume two that you guys did that's right so that, that's and the that was the wildfire uh that was way it. back in episode 71 wow hmm. that's right and then we uh yeah i think we we kind of i think we barreled through up to 300 but yes we did because we we did uh issue 300 in episode 100 that seems so long ago <laughs> <laughs> I lived in a different house then. That's crazy. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling old all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> all right. So why don't we uh, why don't we dig into into this particular issue? It is uh, now. I, I said. I thought I said July. So clearly, it's cover. It's cover dated November of. Um, yeah. of so it probably came. It was. That means it was on the newsstands around July. Yeah, well, 11, yeah, eight, yeah, yeah, so July, August-ish. Um, yeah, so um, now you had sent something uh, just before. Uh, this, is, this, is, uh, this cover is somewhat reminiscent of, um, of a Justice League cover, an early Justice League cover, issue number 19. I don't think, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's similar enough that it's like, oh, that's kind of neat. Uh, you know, the idea of, uh, of the um, uh, heroes uh, being marched up a ramp. Um, yeah, I'll, um, I'll post a link once uh, or uh, when you see this in the Facebook yeah. uh, feed, I'll post a link. Um, it's just an interesting coincidence. Um, both of the uh, both covers show the team's being led uh, up a ramp onto a rocket ship where they're being sent away. <laughs> and sweet. to be honest, I didn't notice the similarity until just tonight when I was looking at it. I was like, hey, that looks familiar. Wow. <laughs> That's huh. a good eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So yeah, so that would uh, so the the Justice League issue in question I think it came out in '63. Uh, yeah, it was issue 19, so probably around somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, 
Cover dated May 1963. Wow, that's crazy. I'm just looking to see if is it in the. How far did the um, the showcases go? Uh, it'll be in showcase number two. Oh, okay, I don't have that one. All right, <laughs> I was just leaving because you know they 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 cover a lot of issues in these things. Um, and so I was just gonna see if it was if the story was in there. But but at any rate, um. Kind of a neat thing. Um, this yep. cover was, of course, uh, uh, by by Dick Giordano, and uh, um, we have Brainiac Five, Saturn Girl, Lightning Lad, Superboy, and uh, a Cosmic Boy being led away in in chains. Um, as Shrinking Violet says, "Release them! They're the only ones who can stop this earthquake from destroying the city." And he says, "Sorry, Shrinking Violet. The Legionnaires are under arrest." And dun, dun, dun. Uh, yes, ah, but also we have the return of Bouncing Boy and Duo Damsel in a feature all their own by Jerry Conway and Conway. Steve Ditko. Here we go. And uh, for the record, um, this issue was on the newsstands October 20th, 1979. Ah, interesting. Which was one week after my 13th birthday. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, all right, so we, we start off the issue with, um, um, with uh, Chameleon Boy, Monel, Shady, and Shrinking Violet, uh, in, uh, in an alleyway, and, um, Shrinking Violet is told that she knows what to do, and <laughs> she's like, I'd better, Chameleon Boy, we've only gone over it a half dozen times. First down, I shrink down to my sol- smallest size, aka fun size. And she says, yes. "Yeah." And then, and then I, I sneak past the science police who are guarding R.J. Brand's corporate tower. Something tells me that shrinking was the easy part. Well, that is what she does. So, yes, yeah. <laughs> presumably that would be the case. Um, and uh, so this one is brought to us, of course, uh, by the aforementioned Jerry Conway as the writer. Joe, Joe Staten and Dave Hunt are the artists. And again, I really think that Dave Hunt was a good fit for Staten on these issues. Um, it's yeah. it's some it's some of the best um, uh, the, the best work I remember from Staten on on the book was was yeah. with with Dave Hunt. Yeah, Staten has a, a good cartoony style. Hunt has a realistic inking style yeah and so hunt was able to kind of humanize or make them look less cartoony yeah but still not not in, i'm not saying cartoony in a bad way no 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 not at all not at all he had a he had a lighter style uh staten had a lighter style on this book for sure um and and it's and i always found like you know i'm i mean as i'll mention for the rest of my life uh you know dave hunt and kurt schaffenberger oh what a team um and uh and so you know he always had this real smooth style to his inks and like you say like there was a there was a it was a more realistic style there were there was the the, the ways he do, he would do the contours on on people like you look at this uh this picture of violet uh um running through to the tower and um the you you can see you feel dimension in the, like you you see the weight of the of 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 the uh of the figure drawing there and uh yeah. and and you know it, you you can you can see depth and uh yeah it's just it's just really neat 
I t- on the second page, uh, up top, the middle panel, Chameleon Boy's face. I just love that. I think that's yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I just think it's it, really good. You know, uh, again, like uh, there, there are a lot of people who will bag on Staten's art on the series, but I think that that, that this pairing, you know, and as I and I said this last issue as well, you know, it's it. It, they were a good team for this. Um, rounding out said team was Ben Oda, as, as the, who was the letterer. Gene D'Angelo was the colorist. And Jack C. Harris, the editor. Um, uh, Somon L says, you know what will happen if the science police capture her, don't you? And Shady says, oh, she'll be, you know, basically lists a whole bunch of the uh, the uh, charges, including uh, uh, interference with a governmental finance investigation. And uh, Chameleon Boy says, we have no choice. And uh, he said, when she signed up as a charter member of the Legion Espionage Squad, she knew there'd be risks. This isn't the first. And so uh, basically they run through the whole idea that, hey, we're looking into uh, RJ Brand's uh, uh, bankruptcy, and they're trying to figure out who did it. So they need to get access to the computers in in Brand's uh, offices. And the science police are not letting anyone in. Because there's, of course, an ongoing investigation. So in she goes, and um, and she's almost uh, captured by a Roomba, um, <laughs> <laughs> a hovering Roomba, and um, but it thinks she's a piece of litter, and so uh, so it's working on getting her in there. But she said, at this size, my flight ring isn't powerful enough to fly me away from the uh, from the cleaner's suction, and so she's kind of worried. Um, um, she can feel her. Uh, she can feel the uh, the flight ring giving out, and she's thinking, "I'm gonna have to expand." And then uh, that will ruin everything. But then she sees there's a, a pewter sculpture of uh, one of uh, Brand's proteges, and she says, "Never could understand this kind of neo abstract art, but under the circumstances, I might just become a convert." And uh, <laughs> she uses that to uh, basically gum up the works in the. Uh, in the vacuum and the guy says uh the two science police officers bust in saying what was that noise uh just the mechanic the uh mechanovac it's on the fritz uh, they don't build anything like they used to do they yuck 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 um <laughs> and she says no they don't thank the gods of imsk for it i say now if this mail slot leads where i've been told we're just about home free and so in she goes to try and figure this out and we go back westward to um the grand canyon and the floating um amusement park the floating amusement park yes which uh which as uh, people will remember was commandeered by the legion uh last issue uh in a way to try and uh and stop brainy from being crazy um so uh, he says, I don't know why you did it, Legionnaires, but uh, commandeering uh, this private amusement park was a flagrant violation of United Earth law, not to mention the bylaws of your own Legion charter. I'm not a happy man, Legionnaires. I, uh, I know you helped uh, save the Earth during the recent Kund War, and this is painful for me, but I've sworn to do my duty, and, I'll, and so I'll have to arrest you unless you have an explanation. And he says, we do, Captain, an explanation, if not a justification. You see, we, and Brainy says, don't say another word, Lightning Lad. You say, Brainiac 5, you can't be serious. We've got to defend ourselves. And he says, if you've ever trusted me, Saturn girl, trust me now. Because 10 minutes ago, I was crazy. (laughs) Now's the time. (laughs) Um, And so... um, (laughs) 
and Superboy asks the question that's on everyone's mind. Uh, he says, the whole reason we took over this floating park was to give you and Saturn Girl a chance to use the park's hologram room to recreate the traumatic events in Brainy's life. We hoped it would cure his insanity, but did it? <laughs> And uh, Lightning Lad says, a few minutes ago, I would have said yes, but I'm not sure. He's not acting rational. And, um, but, uh, but Imra's saying, but he is, Garth. You'd know that if you could read his mind as I can. Because, <laughs> you know, that's what you do. Um, and he says, Imra, you know, something, you know, if you know something, picked, something you picked up telepathically, she says, this is Brainiac's chance, Brainiac 5's chance to prove himself, Garth. I won't ruin it for him. And, uh, but she, uh, basically gets him to stand down and, um, and so there you go. That, that takes care of that. And, um, meanwhile, the, uh, the captain is saying, isn't someone going to answer me? And it just doesn't seem so. Uh, you know, Saturn Girl and Lightning Lad are otherwise occupied and, um, and the others are just kind of, yeah, kind of nonchalant about the whole thing. But the captain looks ready to lose it. Yeah. And... It looks like he's about to take a boomerang out, and um, <laughs> like, does he not look like Captain Boomerang in that last yes, panel? Yes, he does. <laughs> um, so we go back to uh, to uh, Brand's uh, planetoid, and um, and he's gotten in touch with uh, Phantom Girl and Timberwolf. Uh, saying that uh, the legionnaires, your he says, legionnaires, your colleagues asked me to contact you. They wanted you to be aware they'd returned to Earth and are investigating my bankruptcy, for all the good that may do. And uh, he says, yeah, my young friends, it saddens me to see what has happened to your fine clubhouse, all shattered, destroyed by that monster Omega. And they say, actually, sir, things aren't as bad as they seem. Most of the levels be below ground uh, survived intact. The atomic generators, the arsenal, most of the dorms in Monel's vault all survived uh, the general destruction. But and most important, we still have our monitor room and most of the computer banks. It can now, be, when I was reading yeah. this, yeah. I, um, what is Monel's vault? Well, that's interesting, isn't it? I, yeah, I, I, I don't, re I don't recall that being a thing. And so when, when, when she said that, it, it, it struck me as odd. Um, yeah, so Monel's vault. Is this the story that never happened? Uh, uh, you got me. Maybe that's where he was. Uh, he was hiding uh, his dark-haired version of Saturn Girl. Um. Oh yeah, Monel's vault. Like that's crazy. And uh, just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing comes up about that. Um, all right. So, uh, yes, Monel's <laughs> vault. Burm, burm, burm. Um, I, yeah, I heard uh, the, uh, what, what was it, uh, Morella Tao? Was that her name? She was the newscaster? Oh, yeah, oh, later yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think she had, like, a, a hollow vid special where they were going to open Monel's vault, and it turns out there was nothing in there. Um, <laughs> all right. So, um so she said, you know, it'll be difficult, Mr. Brand, but we can rebuild. And he says, then I wish you luck, my friends. It's all I can give you. Farewell. And and so uh, Ultra Boy said, wow, Mr. Brand sounded so depressed. He made me look gleeful. <laughs> I've never really seen him as particularly dark, so I don't know what that's all about. Um, and Phantom Girl says, wouldn't you be depressed if everything you'd worked for all your life had been wiped out without you even knowing it? 
and um, um, uh, uh, Light Last says, can't the government do something? <laughs> um, she says, you remember how the president of Earth received us when we asked for financial help, Light Last, and we're a nonprofit organization. Earth is still recovering from the Kund War. It needs all the funds it can get. No, I'm afraid Mr. Brand's only chance lies with our friends in the Legion Espionage Squad. And that's a slim chance indeed. And so the science police are uh, are still up there, and they say, you know, they, they all the only thing they see is this cloud, this chunk of mist. And it turns out that's... Uh, is that coming from Shady? Uh. Yeah, because all of a sudden she can create dark clouds. Yeah, that's, again, yeah. it's not how it works. And And see, this is why he gets ragged on about this, is because some of the, you know... There's there's been a few things where where powers have been used that it's like, that's not what that is. Um, yeah, we'll see this later when he gets to Tyrock. Um, yes, yes. But if you're if you're a science police and you see on an otherwise clear night a chunk of dark mist floating towards the penthouse that you're guarding, <laughs> wouldn't you think that something might be up? I mean, they're dumb. They are. Well, obviously. Yeah. Well, clearly. Um, yeah. If there was ever any doubt about the science police being being dopey, um, this this is it. Um, so yeah. So we've got uh, Cam and uh, Monel and Shady underneath this cloud because that's what she does now. And uh, then we go back to the Grand Canyon and they're they're getting the uh, putting the Legionnaires in the uh, in the paddy in the 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 futuristic version of the paddy wagon um, and the. Um, the owner of the of the amusement park is saying, "Lock lock them up, Captain. They're a menace." And the captain says, "Do me a favor, Mister. Shut up." And he says, "Sir, you're a public servant, and I." And he says, "You are a pain in the colony. You think I'm proud of this?" <laughs> <laughs> um, not Flor- not Flordney, by the way, colony. Yes, that- yes, that, that is that is important. Um, Maybe that's Australian because that is Cat Boomerang. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's truth, he says. Um, yeah, I did look up to see if there was any. Um, I, I couldn't find a, um, an, a, a, you know, that that being a reference to anyone. But uh, but I did check that because uh, I've I've seen that as uh, used as a, as a surname many times. Um, anyway, um, he says, "Look at them. Five of the most honored, most respected heroes in the galaxy, and I have to treat them like common criminals." Sure, I lost my temper during the battle, but that doesn't mean I lost my respect for those. Hey, what? Now what? And uh, and they say, oh, the ground's doing a jig. It's the anti-gravity generators. Something's knocked them off center. Please, someone, anyone. And so off go the legionnaires to help this out. And uh, alone of of uh, and alone of those there, only Brainiac Five seems unsurprised. Uh oh. Um, now there's a sound effect there. It's a rumble. That doesn't count for taking a drink, does it? It really doesn't. Yeah. It's, oh, okay. I, I, you know, there, there are. We have gone through many. Um, um, uh, you know, that's close enough to kaboom. But yeah, I, I, I don't even. See, I, I, the only shared letter I see is a B. Um, <laughs> um, and real, or to, to actually to Cthulhu. So even worse. Um, anyway, so. Um, um, so Superboy grabs uh, Cosmic World while they he gets asked the rest of them to take care of the earthquake, and you know that's the perfect thing for a telepath to do. Um, 
and uh, he says an earthquake in the Grand Canyon, and and uh, Brainy says quite so cosmic boy and quite predictable, provided one has a computer like this, uh, like this one I designed during my uh, indisposition. This isn't a normal quake, of course. It's a logical result of years of ecological abuse by the owners of this floating amusement park. He says, but can we? And Cos says, can we stop it? And he says, we can't. You can. Cosmic boy, lightning lad, use your magnetic and lightning powers to strike that spot precisely at the base of that avalanche. And they say, you sure that you sure this will work? He says, if it doesn't, we'll be the first to know. And and uh, so they work at it for long minutes. Uh, they 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 do exactly what Brainy has commanded. And for a while, there's no uh, visible effect. Then, just as they're becoming convinced that Radiac's recovery was a, was pure sham, the vibrations in the canyon walls seem to diminish and finally fade to a dying echo. And uh, sure enough, he did it. Brainiac Five did it. And so he says, due to the constant use of anti-gravity generators by the amusement park, which disrupted the geostratum below the canyon. Simple, really. Um, and he says, and that's why you legionnaires took over the park, to save lives. Uh, sure, you guessed it. <laughs> the captain says, I don't believe that for a minute, Superboy, but I'm willing to accept it. If I have the legion's word, this will never happen again. And he says, you'll have it, Captain, with our thanks. And he says, good, now get out of here, friend. Um, before I before I throw a boomerang at you, um, uh, but as uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but as five legionnaires breathe a collective sigh of relief, uh, West in the computer room of the in the computer room of the brand uh, penthouse, four other legionnaires gasp in disbelief. We've discovered who bankrupt bankrupted R.J. Brand by stealing all his. Uh, fortune through these computers but it's incredible the thief we've been looking for is the president of earth what yeah and if this isn't the place to say to be continued then we don't know what is that's right it is the place to say to be continued it is indeed that's exactly the place um and so we go into the next story and uh who want uh, either of you guys if you want to take this one michael you me you care? Uh, yeah, I'll do it. Okay. Since I haven't been around in a little while. Yeah. So um, this uh, is a Steve Ditko um, on the artwork, at least on the pencils. And just from the opening splash page, um, Ditko's art is very distinctive. Yeah. Um, as yeah. everyone knows who has ever seen um, Silver Age Doctor Strange or Spider-Man, and while it works in those realms, uh, it just doesn't work on the Legion. Now, and uh, and to be fair, this yes, this uh, like this stuff, you know. And I I remember, um, you know, a few years before reading um, Micronauts, and uh, you know, you had Michael Golden doing doing that comic, right? And it was fantastic, right. fantastic artwork. And uh, when when you got to they they had the the annual, which was kind of a prequel to the first issue. And I remember getting that and thought, oh, I can't wait to read this. And I opened it up and it was and it and and so I I had a real hate on for Ditko at this point. You know, I've grown to appreciate a lot of his earlier work, but this stuff, this was this was like phoning it in work. Um, and you know, that Micronauts thing, like that wasn't the stuff he wanted to do. That was just basically it was some pay the bills work. And um and so I recognize that the Ditko I wasn't enjoying was not his finest stuff, and he'd be the first to admit it. But uh, yeah, not a not a 
not a great fit for <laughs> for the Legion. Yeah, so this is uh, one of uh, the first of seven Legion stories that Ditko did over the next couple of years. Um, looking back in retrospect, since I'm not going to spoil any of them, they all seem like fill-in issues or yeah. inventory issues yeah. where they're a one-and-done and you could slot them anywhere where you needed to and it wouldn't interrupt continuity. Yeah. And uh, he had different inkers, but um, no matter what story he did, um, I just don't think his art worked on the Legion. Um, it certainly works for Doctor Strange because Ditko is an artist who draws weird things, and, and I'm not using weird as a bad adjective. No. It's that he's good at drawing the fantastical and the I never would have imagined something looking like that, whereas the Legion is futuristic science fiction. And it just, his art just doesn't come off um, in his, his, uh, his people and his, uh, um, his landscapes and his buildings. And it sounds like I hate just about everything about this issue between, uh, <laughs> uh, between my criticism of Conway and Harris and Ditko, but um, this is just one of those, uh, what's the reverse of a sweet spot? Sore spot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah so, I mean, it is what it is, and... You know, I just kind of let it go at that. And, and you know, like Ditko could do some science fiction-y stuff, but, again... But this, this wasn't it. No, this was this was clearly like, eh, it, it's a few bucks. And, uh, you know, he... he and, and he would be the, the, one, the first to admit it. Uh, you know, that the, 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 a lot of these fill-in things that he did... Like, by this point, he was far more interested in creating his own, his own works. And... Um, but that was a challenge because you know the, that's just not where 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 uh, where there was a great deal of money at the time, and so um, he was taking these jobs to uh, to sort of fill that in, and it was not his finest work. Yeah, and uh, before we get into the story, this um, uh, this and all of his Legion stuff was reprinted in the Steve Ditko Omnibus Number that's right. Two. Uh -huh. uh, which picks up with um, uh, some uh, stars, mostly Hawk and Dove, that yeah. he did back in uh, in the showcase days, and in the Hawk and Dove series, um, he's got some uh, some stories from the Demon, his Starman that he did with Paul Levitz over in Adventure Comics. Yes. See, I like that um, stuff. That's that's then that's, that's my kind of that's my reference for for Ditko as a uh, as as a guy who could do some science fiction because that stuff was great. Right, but it also had a lot of fantastical elements to it. Uh, yeah, and yeah. So uh, so the um, the Legion stuff is towards more, the more back technological of, and yeah, yeah. So it's towards the back of the volume of uh, the Omnibus Volume Two. Um, so, and Dan so Atkins, if we had Ditko, we should have had him doing a story on Sorcerer's World. Basically, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, now, Dan Atkins, um, I did actually meet uh, a number of years ago. Uh, he, oh. he, passed, he passed away, um, I want to say, about four or five years ago. 
and mm-hmm. uh, just waiting for things to come up here. Yeah, but I, I met him actually at one of the uh, the Comic Geek Speak Super shows, and super nice guy with tons of stories to tell about the industry. And uh, you know, I mean, the guy the guy had worked so uh, so much on on so many different things, and. Um, the thing that I remember him most for was inking Don Newton on Batman stories in the yes must have been the mid eighties. Oh, I love that Newton, stuff. Newton and Adkins. That was some really great stuff. It was, and so you would have him, and you'd have like, um, and, and yeah, it was, it was, it was back and forth between uh, between he and uh, and Alfredo Alcala inking that stuff, and it was amazing. Um, but yeah, he you know he he worked on everything from uh, Doctor Strange uh, to to titles for um for for dell comics and for harvey and pacific eclipse um a lot of the he he also for a long time he was around for a long time wasn't he oh yeah yeah he he was um he was 76 when he died and it was it was uh four years ago and he um was he was actually wally wood's assistant and um, oh. and so they did a lot of the stuff uh, for the warm publishing, uh, like Creepy and Eerie. And he was uh-huh. one of the original uh, artists of Thunder Agents for Tower Comics. And um, I did not know that. Did, did he? You know, and he was he also did some penciling at the time. But a lot of he, he's best known for his inking. But he also, in addition to these things, he also did cover paintings for Amazing Stories, for Eerie Magazine, Famous Monsters of Filmland. Um, and a lot of a lot of um, um, science fiction uh, um, uh, magazine work, and uh, so yeah. So so just thought so you know it, I, he's not a guy that people talk a lot about and um, and uh, but but a real solid artist and like I say, really interesting guy and um, and uh, you know he. Um, he was out there, you know, he, he was, he was out there at the, uh, uh, I know definitely at the, at their episode 300, um, you know, and he was, he, you know, he was out there sketching away and, um, super nice guy. So, so just thought that should be noted as well. Yep. And so he, um, over the course of this story, he does try to rescue Ditko's pencils, but Disco Ditko's pencils are so, recognizable as Ditko yeah. it's tough to do anything except embellish what's already there yeah so getting into the story unless we have uh, uh, anything more no uh, many are the honored heroes who once belonged to the legion of superheroes and for reasons such or reasons as varied as death and marriage are part of that group no longer Two such heroes are Chuck Tane and Luorno Durgo, formerly Bouncing Boy and Duo Damsel. And uh, pursuing a lifelong dream, they are now colonists on the newly opened planet Wendell 9, where they will discover to their dismay that they can't escape their past when they were each once a legionnaire. And that's the title of the story. So we're on an ice planet. And uh, just so that they can remain unrecognizable, uh, Bouncing Boy is in a blue snowsuit, and Duo Damsel is in a, a split orange and purple snowsuit, because no one would ever recognize them as legionnaires like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so 
a guy in a red snowsuit sees a craft full of boxes um, and he points up and it says cargo sled out of control and looking at this picture in December of 2017 that looks like Santa pointing at his sled which is going out of control <laughs> but it's not Santa and uh, this is actually the beginning of the story so our two ex-legionnaires uh, use their flight rings to go up and uh, capture the boxes. Chuck says that cargo is vital to the colony, valuable machinery, and seeds. If, it'll, if it's lost, it'll be months before we can get replacements for Earth. And since we're nearest, she says, the rescuing is up to us. So, so my, split- I don't mean to interrupt you, but uh, so when uh, she splits up, does she get two flight rings? I never thought about that. Uh, well, it looks like it. Because she had a her, special one. Her costume duplicates, so why would... Why would <clears throat> yeah, I guess so Brandy I made her a special one. So she splits into a, an orange and a purple uh, suit, because, mm-hmm. again, nobody will recognize them. <laughs> uh, and she, one of her purple Lou thinks, lucky we still have our Legion flight rings, Otherwise, we'd never reach these falling cargo crates in time. And so orange stops hers with a batomp, and purple stops hers with a bathump. And without the flight rings to help soften the impact, I'd never even think of trying to do this. And so meanwhile, that leaves Chuck to rescue the sled. Uh, He thinks the sleds are all automated, bringing us our supplies from the main camp a thousand miles south. I bet the cold up here in the north froze the sled's moronic computer brain, throwing it for a loop. That loop is going to end in disaster, though, against that cliff. And so he puffs up, expands to giant ball size, and uh, puts himself in between the sled and the cliff with a guamo. Guamo. And he says, unless I hit this crazy sled with everything I've got, oof, that hurt. But it worked. Great, I saved the, sl- saved the sled, and now all I have to do is save myself as he goes careening off of cliff to cliff to cliff because he is still Bouncing Boy. Uh, with a thunderous roar, the careening cargo sled strikes the icy surface of the frozen lake, sending up a foaming spray, a spray mimicked a, a moment later by the gliding Chuck Tane, who is now deflated and is sliding down the mountain. <laughs> Leave it to you to make a game out of everything, Chuck, she says. You think this is fun? You try it sometime. Ouch. And then he thinks, oh, here come the colonists, and something tells me our well-kept secret is permanently blown. And so the guy who looked like Santa Claus actually has a black beard, um, and he says, Legionnaires, you're Legionnaires. And Chuck says, we'd like to keep that between us, Norsk. Our purpose in coming here was to be colonists, not legionnaires. And he says, ah, oh, you're too modest, lad. Imagine two of the galaxy's bravest heroes here on Wendell 9. And so Purple Lou says, please, Norsk, you don't understand. We don't want people to know who we are. And he goes, you're being silly, girl. Why, the folks will be proud, they will. <laughs> Just think what we can do with you two to lend your help. And I guess this is Norsk the pirate who's hanging around in the north saying uh, you're being silly and they'll be proud they will. <laughs> uh, why, with a pair of legionnaires on hand, 
We can explore those ice caves up north. Why should we worry with you along for protection? And if there's crystallac ore up there, as the seismic reports claim, we'll be rich, the lot of us. By the gods, it was a great day when you two came to Wundil. And Chuck says, I wish I could be as sure. Uh, let me interrupt you one more time here. In the top right there, when he's got the big smile going. Yeah. His hand, is that like an extra huge thumb coming out? Oh, or my God. Well. Oh. Um, sure. It looks, it looks odd. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. It looks like two thumbs. Because you notice weird. the gloves they're wearing give them a thumb, an index finger, and a mitten for the other three fingers. Oh, but okay. That, but maybe we're looking at a weird perspective view of that. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's I, odd. Uh, maybe. Like, okay, it's, so, it's, it's, so it's wonky one, as hell. There's no so doubt the, there. Okay, how about this? The one on the right is his thumb. The long one pointing up to the left is his index finger. And we're looking straight on at his curled over other three fingers in the mitten. Yeah. Sure. We'll go sure. with that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so back to uh, back to night as the stars reel over the sleeping snowfields. There's a city in a dome, and we go into the uh, building where Chuck and Luarno live. And he says, "It's all gone wrong, Luarno. We came here to have some privacy, and now thanks to that overeager goon Norsk, we're celebrities again." You heard him, Chuck. Once a legionnaire, always a legionnaire. <laughs> and so they're having dinner, and he says, uh, is that the way you want it, Lou, or Luarno? Always being on beck and call? These people shouldn't depend on us. It's dangerous for them. Don't you want a life of your own as Luarno Durgo Tain, not Duo Damsel? And she says, I have a life of my own, darling, with you. And so... In awkward Ditko anatomy fashion, <laughs> um, they put their arms around each other, and then somebody snuffs on a candle, and we're left to imagine some uh, some Stuff. things going on at night between a married couple. <laughs> and, and so, a new day, uh, and beneath the glowering primary planet of the eight-planet star system. A swarm of cargo sleds move swiftly, swiftly up the gleaming ice slopes, carrying in their lead two bemused ex-legionnaires. <laughs> and Norsk is at the controls of the car and says, see that blip on the scanner screen? That's the Crystallac deposit scouted by the survey ships when they found this planet. And she goes, are you sure that's an ore deposit? It looks more like and Chuck cuts her off. Shh, not a word. We can't, uh, he's whispering. We can't let the colonists become dependent on ex-legionnaires. They'll stop thinking for themselves. Just follow my lead, okay? And she goes, okay, but next time don't jab my ribs so hard. I bruise easily, remember? I didn't know that we knew she bruised easily, but I yeah. guess <laughs> I guess that happened in between the nighttime and the daytime panel. <laughs> So uh, upward across the shining slopes, the cargo sleds fly until they reach a yawning mouth of utter blackness. That's them, the ice caves. Uh, and apparently the planet Wendell is, uh, looks like Saturn because it's got a big ring 
around it. Oh, yes, it. yes. Yeah. And uh, so Norsk says, the scanner showed a pretty big ore deposit about 10 meters in from the entrance. Bouncing Boy and Duo Damsel, why don't the two of you come in uh, with me while we... And then he's cut off by a yay! As an ice dragon says, Arrow! <laughs> and uh, an ice dragon, hey Lorna, we better do something. And so Norsk uh, lays on the ground cowering while the <laughs> other guys run away. And Chuck and Lou go after the ice dragon. And she says, just as I expected, Norsk is dumping the whole responsibility on us simply because we were once legionnaires. But now it's going to backfire on him. So, and so Bouncing Boy bounces off him, the ice dragon with a spatong. And I guess Duo Damsel bounces off without a sound effect. Yes. Because that's not and her thing. No, no, it's too powerful for me. Can't fight it. Uh. <laughs> and so they they all lay stunned on the ground. And Chuck says, thinks time for the act. And he says, Norris, I've twisted my leg. And Lorne who's stunned. It's up to you. Use the pick. You've got to save us. And so Norris finds his courage and finds the pickaxe. And he goes after the ice dragon swinging. Lords help me, lords help me. And like a mountain of glass, the threatening animated ice shimmers and crashes down with a katash. Is that close enough? Yeah, close enough. Sure. Yeah, take a drink. Close enough, take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> there was a K, there's a T. We're good. <laughs> That's the end of the man, issue. <laughs> much to one man's surprise. And Norska's stunned. He's like, I, I, I did it. I destroyed the dragon. And so Chuck thinks one Dill nine has itself a new hero and Norsk now knows he doesn't have to depend on legionnaires to save his hash. And so Lornu whispers to Chuck, you knew it was an ice dragon when you saw that scanner blip. We both did Lornu because we both read the survey report for one Dill nine, which described the dragon as an animated ice form of pseudo life and about as dangerous as a crystal goblet. <laughs> And so the uh, the rest of the colonists hoist Norsk and his pickaxe of uh, plus five damage against ice dragons <laughs> and carry him off. And uh, still, we'll let that be our little secret. And she says, "And this time, let's make it sure that let's make sure it's one we keep." There you go. Uh, the end. Next issue on sale the fourth week in September. So that means that this was out in August ish. Because, uh, um, yep. yeah, because I, I a wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Um, I did find some stuff. There's a, a Steve Ditko comics blog, um, at uh, that can be found at Ditko, ditko.blogspot.ca. Um, and, uh, and they mention they talk about this issue and they say, uh, one of the otter semi regular gigs that Dicko had was his run as a frequent guest artist on DC's group of 30th century superhero youths, the Legion of Superheroes, with seven stories over the course of two years, mostly under the editorial reign of frequent Dicko collaborator Jack C. Harris, and most of them written by Jack Jerry Conway. Uh, this issue starts it off with the seven page backup story, Once a Legionnaire, inked by Dan Adkins. Adkins is a good solid inker in the Wallywood vein and works well with Ditko here, as he did a decade later, with some Speedball and other stories at Marvel. So, so they would work together again. 
Um, the story features two of the powerhouse members of the team. I think there's some sarcasm going on here. Uh, Bouncing Boy, who can blow up like a rubber ball and bounce, and Duo Damsel, who can split into two identical non-powered women. (laughs) (laughs) And she used to be the uh, even more uh, formidable triplicate girl before one of her bodies was killed. The two, or three, of them had recently married and left the Legion and were now anonymous colonists on a frontier world. However, at the first sign of trouble, they're forced to reveal their powers, impressing their clearly, easily impressed fellow colonists, who are now going to be more reckless knowing that they have superpowered backup. To teach them a lesson in self-reliance, the heroes let themselves be defeated by a harmless ice dragon, which one of the colonists then defeats. The heroes were also apparently the only ones who read the exploratory reports on the planet they were colonizing. <laughs> uh, he says, not a very good story, really. I like the, he says, I like the concept of the Legion, even many of the goofy aspects like the ridiculous powers of many members. And it had a lot of really good, a lot of really good eras of writing before and after this. But unfortunately, for the most part, Ditko's brief tenure as fill-in artist didn't intersect with the well-written eras. <laughs> he says, this is one of those Ditko stories to pick up when you've exhausted all others. Um and so yeah, I, there's actually a section where he uh, where like I, there's a he's he's got a there's a legion tag there. So if anyone wants to go there and uh, and kind of read up on all of the um, uh, the legion um, uh, stories there, and I'll keep that as a reference for when we get to um, some of those uh, the, some of those later issues. Yeah, and these are all pretty uh, pretty short, you know, three or four paragraphs, and yeah. so. Uh, it's kind of interesting to go back and read it from the perspective of uh, a Ditko completist rather than Legion completist. Exactly. Exactly. It's the total other perspective, it's, uh, which is what, what's great about it. Ah, yeah, Dr. Mayvale. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and I've got a story about that coming up when, uh, when we get <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Um, all right. So... Um, but yeah, just wanted to make a note of that. So there we have it. All right. Uh, anyone got anything else to add about these this this issue? I'm good. Uh, I'm good. All right. Then let's uh, let's wrap this one up. Comments as always are welcome at Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. You can join the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at Facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. We are on the Twitter as LOSP Podcast. And in addition to all these things. You can go to our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way back into the time bubble, fighting off all the ice dragons on our way, and we will see you all next week. Imagine Darren saying something witty here. <laughs>